Hey, I'm Benjamin Portnoy, the founder of Side Hustle Elevator. Side Hustle Elevator provides support, tools, training, and community to help you make more money and passive income through fun and fulfilling side jobs. And welcome to my interview series where I talk with people who I know are going to help you in your own side hustle to get better faster and make more money. With that, let's dive right in. Hey there, hope you're having a good day. My name is Benjamin Portnoy. I am the hustler-in-chief for Side Hustle Elevator. That always gets a nice little smile. <laughs> and uh, with me is a longtime friend of mine, Sean Collins. He's the co-CEO of Affiliate Summit. It's the leading industry conference for affiliate marketing, which regularly sells out and features the biggest names in performance marketing. He's been in the world of affiliate marketing since 1997. And Sean, I was trying to Think about how long you and I have known each other. I, I don't know if you would remember that. I, I would guess it's been at least eight or nine years, maybe. Yeah, I was figuring like between eight, nine, 10 years, somewhere around yeah. there. Yeah. So I got to Austin in 2010. Okay. So you, I have consistently referred to you as the nicest guy in <laughs> affiliate marketing and online marketing in general. So uh, tell us more about how you got started in this industry, what your background is, and um, just who is Sean Con or, or based on what's on your podcast, I wanted to learn more about the real Sean. So I'm going to ask a variety of questions I figured you have not been asked in previous interviews. Awesome. So I so way back now, it's 23 years ago, I, I first got into affiliate marketing and I was working in magazine publishing. I was newly married and I just wasn't making ends meet. So uh, with between like a new house and and school loans, cars, all that stuff, I just need to find a way to make more money. And I came across the Amazon affiliate program back in 97. And I made a primitive site on AOL at the time, just as like <laughs> a things to do in New York City. Yeah. And um and I it it was just I didn't really have anything going on for a while because it was just a a junky page that wasn't even mine, but I was steering friends there and I started getting a couple of sales for books about New York City through Amazon. And so I got the bug there. I started buying domains and and just started multiplying everything. And mm -hmm. I I just was hooked. And at the same time, I was frustrated with what I was doing for work. I I was working in like the circulation department for Ziff Davis. I used to put out all the computer magazines, like Computer Shopper and at the time Yahoo Internet Life before when they were bigger than Google. And um, it, it, there wasn't that much of a future. Like you had to be there until you were in your fifties to ever consider getting an office and middle management. Sure. And so it, it was just the traditional hierarchy. It wasn't that attractive to me. That so a lot I, of people probably go through. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, out of. it was as the, the internet was really taking off and the dot coms. And so I was looking in the New York times classifieds for a job and I came across one for a place called MedSite, And they're basically trying to be the medical version of Amazon because they found it that there was a big need all around the world for all these medical books that just weren't accessible. Mm -hmm. So um, in a lot of cases, the the shipping cost more than the books, but people desperately wanted them in Australia or India or Japan or what have you. Yeah. And, um, and so they wanted somebody to run their affiliate program. And, um, and I came in there with uh, just basically enough terminology from being an Amazon affiliate to, to BS my way into it. Cause I, <laughs> I'd never taken, any kind of marketing class in college at all. And I never worked in marketing. I didn't really know much about it, but I just went in there and dazzled them with some nonsense about clicks and conversions. And, <laughs> and, talk um, the talk, huh? Yeah, it was, it was a nice combination of, of me tricking them a little bit and also being willing to work for cheap. Yeah. 
and so um so they took me on there and, and it was it really um nothing was happening in affiliate marketing yet it was amazon and a handful of other players so there were no resources to learn how to do it so i just had to sort of make it up i had to just approach all these different medical schools and their the student groups try to get them to be affiliates so i had to just do a whole big sell for these long phone calls to make them understand what it was and why they should do it mm -hmm. and uh, we had a built a, like a homegrown technology it was sort of shoddy and um so it wasn't easy to try to introduce this to all these people at the time but but um it after a while it caught on and we started doing really well and they i left there in 99 i think um later on they sold to medscape or somebody and they did really well so so it was it was nice to be involved in that even though i didn't have any kind of participation okay in the sale and then you moved on to affiliate summit which you've done for a um, long long time yeah i had a couple of affiliate management jobs in between that but i started that in 2003 Mm -hmm. And so I had met my my partner, Missy Ward, at another conference called Affiliate Force. Mm -hmm. And we were helping out volunteering to build that. I had just written a book and had it published. So I was I had a pretty good list of people that I was referring there. And she was helping with different aspects of it. But we were okay. both sort of frustrated because the the guy who ran it was dismissive when we gave him ideas how he could improve it. Yeah. And it was it was basically a big party and we we just thought that and it didn't get really any of the big brands mm -hmm. and it, also on a cruise ship, so that that didn't help with that. But I um but we were just trying to really help him steer it in a more of an educational direction and, and something that would really be sellable to to the bigger brands. And he just brushed us off and told us that we should know our place. And mm. so um, so we were a couple of stubborn people who said, let's make a, a better conference than him, even though we had no money and no experience at all in, in organizing events, but we both had connections and and we just figured that let's do this because we were pissed off at this guy. <laughs> so yeah. basically it was the whole affiliate summit brand was born out of just being like pushed away by some guy we were trying to help for free. Yeah. So affiliate summit is, uh, it's beyond just the one conference. You guys do multiple conferences all over. Yeah. So we, um, so for many years we were doing New York and Las Vegas and then we got mm -hmm. acquired a few years ago. And so we were able to expand to Europe and Asia. Okay. So we've been to Singapore the last couple of years and Amsterdam and London in some spots and and maybe even more expansions coming in the future. So um, that was there were some things that we just couldn't do on our own. Back in 2008, we tried going to London and it was a successful show from, from the outsider. But for us, we worked our tails off for six months to lose a little bit of money. Yeah. Because between the exchange rate at the time and, <laughs> and just all these fees we just didn't even know about. Yeah. We had to get like a VAT ID. We had to pay some agency to get it for us, then to pay again to get it taken down and just all these unforeseen costs. So even though it it was a fantastically successful show visually for us, it, it sort of sucked in the background. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's back up. For people who, I mean, you've been in this industry for years and years and the industry itself has changed a lot in that time and the the people who are doing affiliate marketing and there are all sorts of different ways of doing it but let's keep this concise and uh just what is affiliate marketing for people who don't know how would you define it simply so i guess the one of my favorite definitions comes from ray dolan who's been big seo person and and big around affiliate marketing for years and i think it was her who said that affiliate marketing is people marketing products they don't own to people they don't know. So, <laughs> so basically, um, you're just, uh, you're using these other, like a, an Amazon to, and trying to sell to people who you've never met just marketing online. And I guess a sort of a simple example 
would be maybe like with if you talk about like um pro football if you're like a houston texans fan you might create a fan site mm-hmm. and you can um, go in there and just blog about your opinions on the the players and the team and the opponents and maybe say like look at their new jersey for some throwback jersey or whatever you can get this at fanatics.com or or here's a book on the history of the of the texans you can get on amazon and then so the fans you just keep building up through quality original content um more and more people watching your blog and then they they'll go through and they they discover a new hat or a new jersey from you and they buy it and then you get that commission whether it's five ten percent mm-hmm. and it, it really varies the commissions depending on what you're selling so a lot of hard goods like computers are pretty low like as low as less than one percent sometimes but then some like hard goods like five ten percent up to like fifty percent if you're selling like a piece of software or something digital that yeah. doesn't have as much overhead and then with some digital products, you have as much as a hundred percent commission because then they're profiting on the rebills, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, my focus has always been all these years on really e-commerce and like traditional okay. big brands. So I've never really worked much except for in the very early days, I did some ClickBank digital mm-hmm. things, but, yeah. but otherwise really mostly physical goods from well-known brands. Okay. So Tell me how affiliate marketing, you've been in this space for so long and it's gone so many, as much as there's e-commerce or different types of e-commerce, there are different types of affiliate marketing to go with it. So how have you noticed that aside from technological innovations, how has the industry changed over the last 20, 25 years? Well, it's certainly grown just because the, as it became more accessible through technology going from the early days, people were handwriting their HTML to now WordPress and different mm-hmm. um, platforms make it so easy to walk in there and just get started with it. But um, so it's more accessible, but then it's more competitive too. So that's changed. So yeah. so way back in the early days, back when there was GoTo before it became Overture and then I guess Yahoo, I forget, there's so many different name changes, but the <laughs> PPC um, was GoTo.com back in the 90s. And there were some affiliate programs back then that were paying per click. So mm-hmm. you could just, uh, I was doing arbitrage before I knew it had a name. Yeah. I would, I would buy clicks for a penny and send them to these affiliate programs and get paid a dime for them. Yeah. And I, I wish I would have scaled it up more and been more greedy about it, but I, but it was such a great return getting 10 cents on the penny. Yeah. And, um, and so then that's unthinkable now. And, and if you came on some kind of idea like that and ran your mouth then you're gonna have a thousand competitors the next sure. day. Sure. But, um, but it, it was so archaic back then, the, when I was first an affiliate for Amazon, there was no like um, place to log in and see your stats. They would send you your stats every quarter by email. So you could spend an entire um, quarter just totally doing the wrong thing and yeah. wasting time and money before you knew it. So it was. it's amazing now that you can get basically live stats versus yeah. quarterly. Back then it was – so it took me two quarters to even figure out how to make money because I – I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, I had no so, idea about conversion rates or anything. So now you can course correct a lot more quickly, almost in real time to see what's working and what's not. Yeah. yeah. And for years up until 2008, I was working as an affiliate manager. And um, so people would get so bent out of shape, they couldn't get live stats or at least daily. Mm-hmm. And so that's amazing compared to how ancient it was two decades ago. Yeah. So what can, if somebody's listening, they're an individual, they don't work for a big company, but they want to get started in the industry. What kind of, what are we talking about here? If you really put in the time and effort and do that little bit of uh, tweaking every day, how much money can you make in affiliate marketing? 
Well, there's so many variables because of the the different products and services that pay different amounts and the different niches you can be in, as well as the time and, and expertise somebody has. So I, you could certainly, you can make a, a lot of money fast, but it's risky with PPC. Mm-hmm. But the average person doesn't have enough knowledge to probably do it correctly. So they might lose their, all the money they have. Yeah. So, um, so I think the, the majority of people can expect to make some incremental revenue, not, not a full-time allowance, not a full-time income. So, um, so maybe make a thousand, two thousand, five thousand a month in some great situation there, but, but really just, um, some extra money and the people that are making full-time big time stuff that are showing themselves on private jets or, wearing fancy watches those are an anomaly and in, in plenty of cases they're faking it yeah and yeah. then there are these the stories of like a retail me not which became a a huge public company and it's all powered by affiliate marketing but that's that's really a unicorn too yeah sure but, yeah people um i would i created a site extra money answer years ago to try to give people a better expectation because they were getting people that had no money to spend would go and buy some thousand dollar course on how to make millions and get rich overnight so I was trying to teach people how to to understand that they could get rich slower never mm-hmm. and just make some incremental income to help pay the bills, which was huge to me when I first got started. Yeah. Just to have that extra hundreds or a thousand a month. So that site is still up. Yeah. So basically it was and um and so that I was approached by a, a book publisher and they wanted me to write a book that was um I forget the title they asked me to write, but it was it's really a get rich quick kind of angle. Yeah, and I, I was I was very into writing an updated book on affiliate marketing, but I refused to write that. So I just decided that um, for the outline I sent to them, let me just make a website out of it, sort of in, a, in a, a book kind of feel where you could just, but you can jump around from chapter to chapter. So it starts out very rudimentary, telling people how to like think of a topic for a site and how to get a domain and hosting and things. Then it moves on to driving traffic, creating content, that sort of thing. Cool, but it's so- all free there. Nice. It's now on the bottom of the screen. If anyone's looking, that was extramoneyanswer.com and we'll have that in the show notes. Um, so you, you talked about having the resources and the tools. I actually remember, I think I was reading one of your blog posts a good, like eight or nine years ago. This was before pretty links and you had a bit of code that you put deep into the bowels of your website and you can then use your domain and put a uh, something on the end. So if it's extra money answer and you're uh, promoting, let's say the Texans, you know, a Texans jersey, I, I was able to take the, the snippet of code you just offered for free and be able to do that. So it was extramoneyanswer.com slash Texans jersey, which would then redirect to the Amazon link or whatever. So Number one, thank you for that. That was free and that helped me. Um, but what do people, now that times have changed, what do people need to get started? And and again, it is a varied industry and you could take a lot of different tacks on it, a lot of different paths, but what would you recommend as far as basic skills, knowing how to use things? So I think for somebody to break into it and I'm um, assuming they don't have a lot of funds to invest mm-hmm. I would say just go out there and get a, a domain name and, and get some hosting and maybe go with one of the lower end hosts at first, like a Bluehost or a HostGator. Okay. And um and then maybe if you're getting a lot of traffic later on, go graduate to a WP Engine kind of level for hosting. But um but at first you can get hosting for say maybe five or so dollars a month 
it, if you pay the full year for some of the cheaper yeah. places and you get a domain for about 10 bucks. So that's really the only investment you need to make up front for a, a whole year of trying to mess around with it and figure it out. And okay. then the, the rest of it's really just getting your your hands dirty, just creating content and, and trying to promote it. But I, um, but I, and then like for, you mentioned pretty link, like there's a paid version of that, but there's also there's a free version. There's so many quality plugins you can get for free. Yeah. So, um, they don't, you don't really need to pay for them unless you're really going to start getting bigger and need more of the options on them. Mm -hmm. So just for anybody listening, pretty links is a WordPress plugin where you or pretty link. I don't remember what, what I forget to. Yeah, I think it's pretty links, but basically you install it for free, the basic version on your website, and then you can use your URL, which is your web domain or the name of your website to then create links that redirect to somewhere else. So again, you can make it something like easy easy money answer.com slash cat toy or something. And it goes to the cat toy uh, link on Amazon or the, the drop shipper you want to go to or whatever. So that's free. That's a, actually a really great tool. Now, what about aside from Amazon, which is an easy way to get started, but what if you want to uh, plug into one of the affiliate networks? Uh, you have any, I know you work with tons of them. Uh, do you have any you recommend as far as the bigger ones? Yeah, so I since I I go mostly with the bigger brands, I focus mm -hmm. on like Commission Junction, Rakuten, Share a Sale, Affiliate Window, and um, and there's a handful of them, but but those pretty much cover all the brands that I'm looking to play with right now and and to promote. Okay, so I I've always wondered how to pronounce Rakuten. I thought it was Rakuten for a long time. Yeah, and honestly, the only reason why I'm more sure about it now is that I had seen commercials for them. <laughs> You've worked with them for years. <laughs> That's funny. Um, okay, so should you learn about SEO? Should you learn about pay-per-click? I mean, what what a, what's a good traffic strategy to start with? So I think in the old days, you needed to become sort of a, like an expert in every kind of little area or mm. at least as much as you could find out about it. But these days, WordPress has really democratized all that. You can get there's like a plugin called Yoast that does mm -hmm. all the SEO for you. At least it, it holds your hand to tell you what to fill out and what to do yeah. for each new post. So it's uh, a PP, PPC is more of a an advanced thing where you should really know what you're doing before you invest money. I've seen mm -hmm. plenty of people that go out there and they don't have really any money to spare, and yeah. they'll they'll blow five hundred or a thousand or more in a month yep. and get no results because they just weren't keeping an eye on it and they didn't know what they're doing. We've all done it. Yeah, so I <laughs> I would just tell people to be very hesitant about doing that and to read up on it first. And, and there are so many people that are sharing good information on Twitter in different places. So if you just search for PPC or pay-per-click or paid search, you can find a lot of experts that will share things. Okay. And, and also a lot of conferences will, like for instance, um, my conference, Affiliate Summit, ever since dating back to 2006, we've been putting up all of the, the sessions, the educational sessions for free on YouTube. So there are hundreds of hours and some of them from five, 10 years ago or mm. some things are outdated obviously, but some things are evergreen, but you can see the newer things on there. You can see from the experts and the practitioners and the big consultants, how they say to do things for free. Yeah. So while I think it's more beneficial to see these things in person and to meet people, there are a lot of free resources out there. So you don't have to go there and, and wing it. 
That's awesome. Now, what about a direction? Because you can go a thousand different directions. Should you pick a niche? Should it be something you're interested in? Or do you follow opportunities? What do you recommend if you're just getting started? So personally, I would, I would advise people to pick something they have an interest in. Because okay. um, early on, I, I created dozens of sites where I was chasing trends. Yeah. And I'd go through all that trouble to get the domain and the hosting and get it all hooked up and get my plugins all in place and create all, a bunch of content. Then I realized that I just didn't really, really care about that topic. Yeah. So I'd spend days or weeks to create this new property that I let die in the vine a, a couple weeks later because I... I just realized that I hated writing content about it. So, <laughs> so I think it's it's key to write about things you care about and you enjoy, because then you're going to have that that stick to itiveness there. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense, uh, and it'll be more fun if you're writing about something you know and you enjoy. Yeah, yeah like for instance, right now, like I have a a pretty small niche site. It's a it's for a soccer team coming to Austin, Texas, called Austin FC. And so um, they're not going to even be starting for another year, but I, I started the blog about a year ago. Mm -hmm. I just put any kind of news and information about them, and they have some products on Amazon and Fanatics and a couple other companies. And so I, I share everything from construction updates to the stadium to new hires and, and get-togethers where the people can meet the, the executives and, and just some of my own soccer stories from growing up. And so it's, um, it's a pretty laser-focused audience of soccer fans in Austin and the surrounding areas. And so it's it's small but growing, cool. but it's um but it's something I'm excited about, and I I like sharing the information, and and it's very gratifying to see the the Facebook page and the the blog just keep growing and That's getting awesome. better indexing in Google. That's awesome. Very cool. So, what metrics should you understand? What sort of numbers do you need to know when you're getting started, both on the traffic side and on the monetization side? So I guess if you if you're not talking about paid search, which adds a lot more dynamics to it, that if you're just looking to get organic traffic and send out clicks, then I would say EPC is the the most important stat to, to keep an eye on, and that's sure. earnings per click. Okay. So you're you're literally seeing for for every click you send out how much you're making back. So you can and that they provide that at pretty much any of the affiliate networks. Great. So you can see um, if you're doing like some testing, maybe the same affiliate program as in two networks, you can. You can just do some A/B testing and see if one of them happens to convert more for some reason, yeah. Or just some competitors. You can just switch back and forth and and see if different networks, different advertisers happen to convert better. And so it, to keep an eye on that it makes it easy to. If a campaign just is a stinker, you can just drop it quick. <laughs> or if something's doing well, you can double down on it. Yeah, cool. So being able to segment and really optimize what you have, earnings per click, EPC. Yeah, yeah, and with that, like, um, and testing is so vital. As you, after you grow an audience and start promoting and getting more traffic, to and there are some plugins too. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but there are some that that make it really easy to do some split testing. Yeah. Um, as far as uh, when to upgrade hosting, when do you go from a Bluehost to a WP Engine or one of the higher end ones? So I learned my lesson years ago. I had, for about four or five years, I had a very vibrant affiliate manager forum going on on a host that was like a few dollars a month host mm -hmm. and the actual hosting was enough for what i needed yeah but they um with the cheaper hosting you get a lot less coverage like the i think they were doing a, they would do a backup once every 24 hours and at one point somebody hacked my forum it was um it wasn't v bolt it was some other one i forgot what it was at the time but um 
but they, I guess they had an urgent update for the actual software that I missed. And so somebody mm. searched around for, for the instances of this forum that had the outdated footer and they just went in there and they were easily able to compromise it and they deleted all of my content for years and oh. I didn't catch it. It was a weekend. I didn't catch it until after 24 hours had passed. And so the, the host backed up the hacked version instead of the good version and everything was just gone. There was no way to recover it. That's awful. And so it, um, so that day I decided I was going to start paying for better hosting. That was like 15 years ago. Yeah. But I, in general though, I think for an affiliate, you can get by having some cheaper hosting until you start noticing issues where at one big thing is that the, the cheaper the hosting, more likely it's going to have some downtime. Mm. Whereas like a WP engine, it's more costly, but my sites never go down. And so when, when you start building traffic and you're spending money for traffic, you don't want to have those downtimes, even if it's for a half hour. Yeah. It's actually sure. very costly, especially if it's during a prime time. Yeah. Or there's a spike in traffic and your site's not up. You, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess basically the, as soon as you can afford it, it's a good idea to do it. Okay. All right. Um, and you recommend WP Engine? Yeah. I like them a lot, especially for WordPress since that they're experts in that. And yeah. it's a great company. They're very well staffed and 24 hour support. And whenever I've had an issue, which is usually from some fault of my own, they've been very quick to help me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So who are some people who, and if it's, you need to think about it for a minute, that's fine. But who are some people who are individuals in the affiliate marketing space who are influencers and be good to learn from? Well, I guess um, my partner for all these years, Missy Ward, she was um, always working before and she focused solely on Affiliate Summit on um, the lead gen side. So it's people there and she has a whole archive of content at missyward.com. So she's certainly a good person to look to. Okay. And um, and Brian Littleton, who founded the, the ShareSale affiliate network, he's put out some great content over the years through their network. Okay. So I think he's awesome. Um, there's a, let me see. Um, as far as forums, there are some paid ones, but there isn't really any kind of open free one anymore that I would recommend. Okay. The, um, let's see. I guess the uh, the PMA, the Performance Marketing Association, they put out some some good content that's about industry wide just trends and laws and different issues. So I definitely say to check them out. Okay. Cool. And um, yeah, I'll see if I can send you some. I off the top of my head, I, I can't no, think of any. Great. It's a great start. Yeah, if you think of any, please send yeah. it, and we'll put it in the show notes. And I'll put all of, like I said, I'll put all of this in the show notes so people can take a look at it. So you mentioned with the the PMA, they address some of the issues that people face. So let's talk about that. Privacy laws have changed. Uh, the uh, is it the GP? Yeah, I forget all these the acronyms, but there's the yeah. so we have can spam in the U.S. for email, and then Canada and the U.K. have their own versions you have to comply with yeah and as well as the gdpr g i forget what it is but um yeah but it's uh, they also have some privacy things in the uk too. and in europe where um where you have to have like different alerts that you're going to be collecting cookies and, and you yeah. have to have like a checkbox and it and and if you're taking any kind of opt-ins for newsletters so it's um the good thing yeah. is that the, there are some plugins that make that pretty easy to do to comply with that Okay. And, and like if you're doing an email list with a Weber or one of the, the other email companies, they they don't want you to, to run afoul of the law. So they give you all the information you need to comply as well. 
but and then um, the PMA has always been focused more on um, what was known as like the affiliate tax or the Amazon tax, where mm. um, like dating back over I guess ten years or more now, there um, if a company didn't have a physical location in a state, then they didn't have to charge tax there. But then some of the states were pushing to change that so that they would get more tax revenue. And so that's um, it's been a battle in a lot of states. And so what was happening was that sometimes if a state passed a law that that the any kind of retailers that had a that were selling to people there at all had to have a um, charge tax, and it was based on so they they decided that the physical nexus would be if you had an affiliate in that state that would count as having a physical presence, and they had to charge tax. So um, a lot of affiliate programs started kicking out all their affiliates in states that passed this, uh. and so it was a big mess. And so back in um, I guess 2011, they talked about it. In the, in the Texas um, Ways and Means Committee. And I went there and spoke against it. And mm. a bunch of folks did as well. And, and we were able to convince them that it was a bad idea for business. And they, they had some of the local um, brick and mortar retailers. And they were saying how they were getting fleeced by all these online people. And they would be making these sales otherwise mm. if it wasn't for the tax issue. Yeah, And they are overlooking the fact that usually their products are marked up so much more because they have a physical location. Yeah, which is certainly a disadvantage, but the taxes weren't going to make that much of a difference, especially when you're looking at like a thousand dollar camera. If you can get it for seven fifty on Amazon, even if you're paying taxes, it's going to be still a whole lot less, and you're going to get it delivered to your your door in a day. Right, right. Instead of going there and having them try to do upsells for all kinds of stuff. So it's definitely a, a complicated industry, especially just e-commerce in general. That there are all these different moving pieces and how it affects local stores. Um, what, uh, with that considered, what are some industries that are growing out of this, especially online? And what are some things I know we said don't follow trends or you chose not to, but what are some burgeoning industries that you're seeing come up? You know, there's people talk about financial services and the marijuana industry is really growing. So what do you, what have you noticed? So I'm not really sure. Um, I guess I can't really ship. Maybe it can do like deliveries in states where marijuana is legal. But I know there are some affiliate programs for CBD products, but not necessarily for marijuana itself. My co-host just got here, by the uh, way. Hey, Katie. <laughs> and um, but the so I guess the um, yeah, I I feel silly to say that I don't really have my finger on the pulse because I really should have what the hottest things are right now. Cause I've always just stuck with big brands. Yeah. And so, um, so I, I don't really okay. have a great answer for that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, what have you seen, you know, what are the fidget spinners of the day where things that were popular and you've seen kind of go by the wayside or trends within the industry? Um, well, I guess maybe trends more for, the technology people are using, like people were so big on video for a while, but it, that never, video is supposed to be the next thing for the last 10, 15 years. And affiliates never really cracked it that well and figure mm -hmm. out how to monetize it. You can make some money off YouTube videos and there are some technologies to click on a video to buy something, but it, um, it just never really took off as much as possible. I'd say that um, I guess the, the one big future wave, it's been popular for a while, but it just has so much upside is paper call. I think that's a very strong way to for affiliates to to close bigger sales that that they couldn't because people aren't going to put down a lot of money for maybe some five thousand dollar industrial machine, but if if you can get a tracked call to to that company and they can close the sale for you, 
makes a big difference. So basically you're serving as lead generation for a bigger company like that, where you're getting somebody, a, a potential customer to call in and you're getting paid for it. Yeah. So it's a call instead of a click, but it's still tracked. Mm -hmm. That could be affiliate. Okay. So I, I think um, we'll see a lot more paper call, not just for, for big things, but even smaller things, maybe for flowers and computers and, and mm -hmm. some, some just regular B2C kind of stuff. Right now it's, I think it's a lot more strong for B2B, but I think it'll penetrate B2B more for, especially for um for people that maybe aren't as comfortable online, like some older generations maybe don't want to go to 100 flowers, but they'll call them up. Yeah. So, so you can just have that track to, to the call there. Cool. That's one industry I've spent little to no time in, or not industry, but tool is uh, paper call. So that's something I know very, very little about. Yeah, I haven't really done much myself, but I, I just, I, I can't refuse the seeing the trend that affiliates some of their more and more of these big companies that are doing it. Ringba was one of our big sponsors this time and they do it and so many other ones do it. So What's it called? Ringba? Yeah, just Ringba. And so, um, so they, they've got a big presence. Ring revenue has been around for a while. There's, there's a whole bunch of them. Cool. That's one we'll check out and we'll put it again in the notes. So um, we're getting kind of towards the end here. Uh, I know you advocate, especially starting with uh, organic content and putting blogs out there. What do you think about putting, uh, you mentioned YouTube. What do you think about putting videos on YouTube and having them be, you know, mentioning your affiliate links? So I've tried that um, a good amount back in like years past. I think um, to me, video is great to to really do explainer kind of videos. Like one of the that's one of the the biggest ways that people make money with hosting mm -hmm. is um, sometimes it's sort of a convoluted process to go through hosting and to understand how to do everything. So there'll be some affiliates that'll say this is how to sign up for HostGator or somebody. And this is how to, this is why you should pick certain plans and all this stuff. And then they have in their YouTube description, they'll have links to, to buy through them. And so they get that lead money and they can be, and the hosting can be pretty lucrative with some of these, sometimes $7,500 or more. Yeah. So it's, um, but I, one thing I used to do in the past was, um, and I guess it's become more popular now. I was doing it 10 or so years ago and it's become like a more of an influencer thing these days, but I would, I would get a new device or a new computer and I do an unboxing of it. So mm -hmm. the latest Dell or like a first generation iPhone or whatever. And so I would do a, a video of this. And then um, what I would do is I would have a, I guess, um, pre pretty link and these other companies, pretty links. I would um, have a, some short link though for xyz.com slash iPhone. Yeah. And I would put that link in the description in YouTube. And also I'd put it on the actual screen so people could type it in easily if they enjoyed that video. And, um, and also uh, years back, the, my partner Missy and I decided to create a, a video affiliate site called WeView. It was WeView.tv, but it's long gone now, but it was all just video reviews. And some of those got crazy amounts of traffic and made some nice money for us. 
and some of them, they got a lot of traffic for goofy reasons. Like I did one for my kids had a, a water slide, like one of those big inflatable ones for the backyard. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of my first videos ever made. And I made this great effort to never blink at all and to keep my eyes open the entire time. <laughs> and so um, it became popular for people to try to have a, a staring contest with me. So <laughs> I'll, I'll see if I can find that video. But it had like last time I checked, maybe a half million views or something like that. All right. I want to see that. That's really yes. cool. Did you mention that at the beginning? You just That I wasn't mean, intentional not- at all. I was just new to video and I felt uncomfortable. And so the whole time I was, I had my eyes wide open like this and, and it looks sort of freaky. And, and so <laughs> people are like, oh, I made it to 20 seconds with them and I had to blink. That's awesome. And it was like yeah. a three or four minute video where I kept my eyes wide open like a maniac. That sounds so, really painful. Yeah, it was, they were so dry. I was dying. <laughs> like after the, I finished recording, I was like, oh my God. <sighs> but I, um, but we had a, that did really well, that blog. It was just, it was, um, we just can only do so much in the day and inflate some of what's taking off. Yeah. But uh, so I think there's still an, an opportunity to do something like that. That's unique where you can review things and video. And now these days you can also put it on different platforms, a Facebook video, maybe do a Facebook live and then put it on YouTube or. Yeah. So there's a lot more places you can expose it. Well, you bring up an interesting point, which is that people are attracted to informational content, but they also are just attracted. They want to be entertained. And sometimes you can't uh, you can't really say I'm going to do this. It just happens a certain way. You know? Yeah. People with memes and uh, just funny videos. So that's it's interesting. Yeah, and you can't really like. I remember for a while there were some vendors that would guarantee they could make a viral video for your company, and that's mm-hmm. just not possible. Yeah, but imagine for those characters, they're probably just buying a bunch of traffic on Fiverr or something to make it appear that it was more popular than it was because there's no you can't really deliberately put lightning in a bottle like that. Yeah, there's got there's some luck to do with it. Well, you make a good point also, which is that this is not a get rich quick scheme by any means, and anybody who tries to tell you that is selling you something and ultimately it takes time and effort and tweaking things and trying to uh, do different things to see what works or you have a bunch of money to put towards pay-per-click that you can lose quickly if you don't know what you're doing yeah yeah i've got um my oldest sites are over 20 years old so i've got a bunch of content there that's ancient and well indexed so there's some stuff some sites that i have that i haven't updated in quite a while they still pop up and get a, a sale from me here and there because somebody gets cookied for Amazon by reading one of my old reviews for a book or something. Yeah. And so I, so the more, the longer you turn out content, the more long tail opportunities you have to make money really sort of effortlessly, not to give the appearance that the affiliate marketing is mm-hmm. going to be just this like make money while you sleep thing. But to a degree, it can be if you stick to it a long enough time and have enough content out there. Yeah. I still get uh, clicks on YouTube videos that I put uh, uh, six or seven years ago. I still, I mean, it's weird. It just clicks and subscriptions sometimes come out of nowhere and it can be discouraging if you're trying to do this the organic way and it it doesn't work right away. So it really is a lesson in patience. Yeah, yeah I think um, two of the things that I knew affiliate needs are patience, like you mentioned, also persistence. Mm-hmm. And we, um, years ago, one of our earliest affiliate summits, we had a, an old pitcher from the New York Yankees, Jim Bouton, who, he was the one that, who created Big League Chew. He wrote a um, bestseller called Ball Four. But he, um, he was saying that he doesn't think that anybody ever fails. They just stop trying. Yeah. And persistence is so important. You don't have to be the smartest or the, 
the most um, wealthy or anything. You just have to be the one that keeps doing it and refuses to stop. Nobody fails. They just stop trying. And he gave the, the example that he was, he couldn't even get a starting position on his high school baseball team. And then a few years later, he was pitching in the world series for the Yankees. Hmm. And he got a world series ring and they wrote a bestseller when he was told he wasn't really a good, good writer by his English teachers. And he, he, he thought that, um, that in baseball, this is back in like, I guess the seventies and the eighties that, that it wasn't a good thing for a, a good role model for the kids to see these guys spitting tobacco out. So he thought maybe yeah. if they had gum and the kids could emulate them chewing gum, even though it's sugar and that's not perfect, but it's better than tobacco for little kids yeah. to try to be like the big leaguers. So um, mouth cancer. Yeah, and so that ended up being a, a huge home run for him. Not to make it too much of a baseball analogy there. Right. So you've done some pretty amazing things. Uh, Affiliate Summit is really industry leading, and you helped pioneer that. What have you, in your own career, in your own life, what has served as that lesson to stay focused, stay persistent, and eventually things will pay off? Yeah, I guess, um, and that's a good example because we, for the first 18 months, we didn't make a cent on it. Mm -hmm. We made a little bit of money and we plowed it right back into it. And um, both Missy and I were working other full-time jobs the first five years of it. Mm. And so we were just doing this on evenings and weekends. I was living in New Jersey and riding a, a commuter train an hour and a half each way into New York City. Wow. And it was pre-Wi-Fi, so I had to do offline work to and from work and I would get home and and on weekends. And so, um, but we just had a a strong belief that it was, we were doing something that was good for the industry and, and that it needed it. And, um, and we, we also, as fast as we could, we did favors for everybody we knew. And we just always tried to, I remember there was a, an old colleague of mine, he told me how stupid I was because I put out so much free content that I could charge for. And, um, and also people told us over the years, like you should be making DVDs of the sessions instead of giving the information for free on YouTube. And, but to us, we wanted to make this information as available as possible. And we felt it was a great sales tool because the to, if somebody's going to sit through an hour-long session on YouTube and they've got that Affiliate Summit logo right there, it's going to make them, if they appreciate that content, they're, it's sort of a warm lead to come to one of our next conferences. Yeah. Do you agree with that now that here you are years later after that advice? Do you wish you had done more to monetize it or, other, you know, to... Not at all. Would you have done I, it differently? We could have done a lot differently, and and since we've been acquired, they um they sort of changed it to be more focused on like we are we just always wanted to be a people business that we happen to do well with. Mm -hmm. But then um then after it got taken over by a, a big company, they they really wanted to find the ROI in every single corner. Yeah, and it's a little bit of a different philosophy than we had, where we wanted to help people, and so the two of us for all these years still churned out content that was free to, with tips and tricks and. And we'd go and speak at a bunch of conferences on our own dime for like a hundred people in Denver at a blogger conference. And, and there was no obvious return for us, but we, we just like to, to try to spread the information and get more people excited and into the industry. That's awesome, man. It's so I will put it out there that there are people who are uh, somewhat un, unscrupulous in this industry and you are such a, a ray of light that, you know, forgive the kind of corny pun, the corny saying, but you're somebody who really just seems to be driven by helping people. And that's rare. And so I really, I thank you for the influence you've had on me, which is sincere you have, and just what you've done for everybody in the industry. 
Thank you. Yeah, it's it's funny because I I talk about not trying to find ROI and everything, but um this a week and a half ago we were in Las Vegas for the latest affiliate summit, and I'd say I got the best ROI of my whole career there. A bunch of people came together because it was the last one that we're going to be doing sort of on the payroll as the co CEOs, and a bunch of our colleagues for dating back the last couple of decades and some recent, some dating back to the '90s, early 2000s. They threw two different surprise parties for us and and did all these great things with they made videos for us and cards and awards and and just um it was a an amazing time to have this outpouring of of love from all these people in the industry that we helped over the years that's and, amazing and so um that made all the sacrifices early on and throughout the whole time worth it that's really nice i'm glad they've done that so you've said that you're you're about to move on and you're not sure what's in front of you, but do you feel like you've accomplished uh, what you wanted to with Affiliate Summit? Yeah, it, it, it's I've accomplished more than I ever could have in my wildest dreams. At the time we started at the, the conference that we were attending that we got pushed away from, they were getting about 200 people at each one. So we thought like it would be amazing if we get like 500 people to an event. But this past one in Vegas, we had well over 6,000. That's fantastic. And, and so um, consistent. Yeah, right? we um, yeah we just had a just a a perfect rise along the years. We were slow and steady. We didn't try to get too aggressive. People would tell us we were dumb because we didn't get a bigger venue. Mm -hmm. But we um, I was also always a a big fan of Robert Cialdini. Or I'm mm -hmm. not even sure if I'm saying his name right. I get most names yeah. incorrect. But um, yep. but he uh, all of his um laws of influence and and one of the things I always loved that he talked about was scarcity and and also um doing favors for people. But the scarcity part. We always wanted to have a venue that was a little bit smaller than we needed, so it always sold out. And then we just kept scaling up because the optics-wise, I always thought when you had, you had somebody in a convention center, and if they had 4,000 people there, it looks like an airport hangar. It looks so horrible cause, and empty because the venue is outsized for the crowd. Yeah. So we always we started small and, and always stayed within our limits for the space we needed. And so optics-wise, it always looked great. And I think that really helped us because then people became – after we'd sell out, they'd be in a feeding frenzy. They'd be buying scalp tickets on eBay for <laughs> twice what we were charging. That's awesome. And, and so the um, yeah, and so I had yeah the the scarcity of it. I had I think there. It's funny we got so much unsolicited advice over the years of people telling us what we were doing wrong, and I'd say a hundred percent of them never ran an event. Yeah, but they were convinced they knew better than us. Boy, that is evidence more than anything. Just to follow uh, follow your gut and do what you know is right based on yeah. your experience. Yeah, we, we really wanted to create, and the two of us were, um, I guess, probably have, well, Missy has ADHD. I might have it undiagnosed. We'd, we'd get super bored at conferences. If somebody was speaking for a half hour, I'd be looking at my watch waiting for it to end. <laughs> so we, we just wanted to always make it a more interactive, fun environment. Yeah. And, um, and we switched a long time ago to for all the sessions except for the panels where you need some more time. I'd gone to a TEDx event in Austin and I love the the idea of having like a 20 minute speaker. Mm -hmm. And so they're in and out and they have to really um, put it into a, a tight spot there and it leaves yeah. you wanting more versus the people that, because I was watching so many of our videos and I would hate seeing in some of them, we would see people walking down the aisle a half hour in because they were bored. Yeah. And so people just start like jumping ship. And I we just felt like the conventional thing early on was you have hour long sessions, but I realized that a lot of speakers can't hold people for an hour. Mm -hmm. So we cut it down by two thirds and people were never leaving. Yeah. And people love that format. 
It does keep it snappier for sure. Here we are coming up on 50 minutes. Yeah. So, but we've been, uh, we've had a lot of really fantastic, usable, practical content here. So, well, let's, uh, let's wind things up. I have a couple more questions and they're fun ones. One is right. uh, what beverage starts your day and which one for quitting time? This is the one that I ask everybody. So I always start with Diet Dr. Pepper. Okay. And I, I know good and well that, that soda is not great for you, but I love cold caffeine. I'm not a big coffee fan. Okay. And then um, for quitting time, I usually still drink caffeine up until like seven or eight o'clock. I'm just wow. drinking a lot. But I, um, as far as any kind of like uh, cocktails or anything, I, I love some Prosecco. Oh, nice. Big fan of that. And you I, I put the two together, Diet Dr. Pepper and Prosecco. That might be nasty. <laughs> but I, um, but I, for years I was crazy about beer, but it, it took me a long time to realize that, um, I forever had stomach aches and I, huh. I didn't associate the fact that it was beer that was totally killing my stomach with gluten stuff. Interesting. So, um, so I had to switch over to a, a non beer thing or drink the gluten free beers, which are mostly horrible. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I, so I Prosecco and then, and I, so it's got sort of a fancy regal thing to it, but I, I enjoy drinking out of the bottle to <laughs> bring it, bring it back down to earth. Yeah. <laughs> Can't get too fancy. Yeah. Um, I have something in my fridge by Lagunitas. It's uh, something, it's hop something where they basically, it's not a beer, which Lagunitas is known for out of Paruma, yeah. but they made something that's non-alcoholic and they call it hop refresher. I think it is. I've even seen that. Yeah, I got it at Total Wine and it was, I haven't tried it. I actually got it for my father-in-law. And so we're going to try it. Now, if you want, I'll let you know how it is. But it was like five bucks for four of them. And you can get it at Total Wine. And if it's Lagunitas, it was very highly rated. So it might be something to check out. Yeah, and I love them as a brewery for all their beers. Yeah. But, um, and unfortunately, the, and this only really benefits people who can't have gluten that live in the Austin area. There's a brewery here, Austin Beer Works, mm -hmm. and so they're not officially gluten free, but they do a they put some kind of enzyme in the process, and so it makes it um very gluten reduced. Oh, nice! And they've got like eight or ten beers that are delicious, real beers that that don't bother me. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean the whole industry is uh, kind of leaning that direction of trying to cater more to these food allergies and people who are trying to be healthier. So yeah, lots we could sit and talk beer for like hours if you wanted to, but sounds like we'd be talking Prosecco. So uh, what's the best way? We talked about extramoneyanswer.com, which we're now showing on the screen, but if you're listening, it's extramoneyanswer.com. But how, what's the best way for folks to learn more about you, what you've done and uh, so on and um, so forth? I guess my one of my original blogs is still live and that has just crazy thousands amounts of posts is affiliatetip.com. And so I started that, I think, in 2004, maybe even earlier than that. And um, I made a, a sort of a challenge to myself to, to blog every single day for a year back in the mid-2000s. And I stuck with that for probably six, seven years. And so I just have all kinds of tips and news and information and resources on there. That's and great. I right these days, I maybe make two posts a month, but I, I had the archives in there are, are very deep with information and tips. Awesome. So affiliatetip.com and it's Sean Collins, S-H-A-W-N Collins. 
Yeah, and on um, Twitter and Facebook, I'm just just my name, Sean Collins, for the username. Okay. And I'm I'm active on there. LinkedIn, I, I'm Sean Collins as well, but I I haven't gone there much. I I haven't actually applied for a job since the '90s, <laughs> so I don't really have a big much to do with LinkedIn besides yeah. posting articles and trying to get some traffic. Okay. All right, man. Anything else you want to add before we sign off here? Um, just want people to know that since my face looks weird looking in the wrong direction, <laughs> that my my camera is at the bottom of my screen on my computer for some reason. So I feel like I look odd looking up into nowhere here. But um, <laughs> just for an FYI, you, people that I'm you not. You look like you've been looking straight <laughs> at me the whole time. So I don't think it's as bad as you think. It, Tim, the way it looks to me is that I'm looking at the ceiling. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> But uh, anyway, it's because I have a weird placement for my camera, and I'm trying to look at you and not the camera. Not so, a problem, man. So no big deal. It looks sort of goofy. No big deal. Well, guys, we've been listening and talking to, listening to and talking with my friend Sean Collins from AffiliateTip.com and AffiliateSummit.com and ExtraMoneyAnswer.com. He's a busy man. He's a great guy. So uh, definitely, if you're interested in affiliate marketing, check out anyone, if not all of these sites, especially Affiliate Tip and uh, ExtraMoneyAnswer.com because he has so much great content. Uh, my name is Benjamin Portnoy from Side Hustle Elevator, where we provide community in and uh, information, education on how to make more money and passive income through fun and fulfilling side jobs. So to learn more about us, go to www.sidehustleelevator.com. I have blog posts and videos and interviews like this one with Sean, all kinds of free content and free tools that you can use there. www.sidehustleelevator.com. If you're listening to this on any one of the podcasting networks, whether that's iTunes or uh, Spotify or Google Play, please subscribe and give us a, a thumbs up and a like and everything else. So thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for checking out the episode. To learn more and get all kinds of free resources to help you in your own side hustle, go to www.sidehustleelevator.com. See you next time.